Okay, so there's a couple things that I really want to share with people this week. Um, the number one thing that just keeps coming up in everybody that I speak to is that we know the energy is so intense. We know there's so much going on and we're all just going through overwhelm because we're trying to manage so much of our own stuff and the world stuff and community stuff. And so it really helps to get practical in moments like this and say, okay, well, how do we actually address this? And overwhelm is um, a negative emotion that I feel very often. And so there's always a, a fix that I go to that really helps me. And so I wanted to share this with people. If you right now are feeling like it's just too much is like, usually there's like one thing that you can take off your plate that if you take it off your plate, everything else will feel so much more manageable and then you can actually address it. And honestly, Taylor, usually it's like the smallest thing that you're then getting resentful of. Like, oh, I have to go to that dinner, right? When actually, do you really need to go to that dinner? And if you let yourself off the hook, could you feel better about having to tackle like work stress or family stress or world stress or whatever else is going on for you? So the first thing I just want to say this week is like, we're all going through overwhelm. You're not getting it wrong. Um, and what are the small things that you can just take the load off of so that your overall load is less, which means that you will have more brain power and more heart power and more emotion towards actually the things that you want to do, not that you have to do because they don't matter. Like what is it that matters and what can you remove that ultimately you don't really need to go to? And I promise you, it will make you feel so much more refreshed about the things that you actually, you know, things that are important to you. So that was the first thing I really want to share because I think it's so pertinent for right now, especially as we get to the end of, you know, between now and the end of the year. It's so funny that you are saying this now because I actually, in my personal DMs, um, somebody that I know listens to the podcast just based off of like seeing things that they've sent me prior directly asked me, do you get stressed? And like, when you get stressed, what does that look like? And what do you do? And I think stress is obviously very similar to overwhelm. So, I mean, maybe it is helpful because I guess on the podcast, we do often talk about like the best case scenario of the ways that we handle situations. And we're always, always kind of, we are talking through what our ideal way of handling things would be. But of course, like that isn't always the case for either of us. So, I mean, what does stress look like for you, Jenna? And I'm willing to share yeah. for me as well, but like, what does that actually look like in your real life? You know, I think um, someone did give me this concept of default negative emotions, which are like the ones that you go to the most often or the ones that you get into so easily. And I don't know if it's as neat and tidy as that, because obviously we all feel all the negative emotions. But I think there is a story that comes up for each of us, what my friend Karina calls a personal lie, which is like the thing that, you know, you feel is so true. Um, that whenever things don't go your way, you're like, see, there it is. Like, I knew that no one likes me or see, I knew that I couldn't do it or whatever it is. Um, and any kind of um, evidence that even vaguely supports that kind of feeds back into that. And then that I think is what causes like deep down stress. I think there's like two different levels of stress. One is like, you know, a day that's super busy. And so you're kind of stressed about it versus like this underneath stress that is like, this existential stress of what if this world is as 
scary or negative or as bad, or maybe I'm bad as I thought I was. And we're always trying to, hoping that that's not true, but then we keep on seeing life through the lens of the fact that it might be. Um, So stress to me, I think I know my um, triggers of the things that make me feel stressed. So for example, like um, if my day is too structured, that stresses me out. Whereas that wouldn't, that actually gives you um, freedom, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. A hundred percent. And we were just on a call before this where you said, oh, I get that this would stress you out because I feel stressed out by your process. Whereas, you know, a more structured process would make you feel stressed and you can relate to how I feel based on the feeling the opposite, basically. Exactly. I like when someone isn't offering structure to something, my brain like tightens and constricts and it it adds like this layer of like what you were saying of this overwhelm feeling. Mm-hmm. When I'm doing, like when someone's asking me to do something in a way that doesn't really suit me. Mm. Um, so I can, I know what that feels like. So when this conversation was trying to provide, provide too much structure to you, I can imagine what that feels like. Mm. Cause even though end. you don't respond the same way you relate to the feeling, cause you know how that feeling feels. Right. It's, it's super interesting because I think, um, sometimes when you're in that state of stress you can almost feel like people don't understand you or the world's out to get you or everything's stacked against you when in reality like it's just about learning each other better right so that I know the things that stress you out um you know are not because you're bad or I'm wrong or you're getting it wrong or we have to all be the same way is like actually honoring the things that are gonna um genuinely run counter to how someone is built why would you ask them to do that because it's not going to yield a good result for you either if you're being selfish about it but also it's not going to bring out the best in that person it's not going to make someone you care about feel happy or feel fulfilled or feel aligned right so you're not going to ask me to structure myself because you know that's going to cause me stress and stress in that moment is my system saying this is unaligned now Mm. that's very different to us that's very different to a stress where Yeah, like if I put too much on my plate or I'm stressed about, you know, the safety of the world or stressed about my kids or, you know, stressed about a situation where someone says something not nice to me. So I think stress is such an umbrella term and I've never thought about this until now, but there's so many different causes to it and there's so many different understandings of what it is. And we need to almost start to have that internal dialogue of like, is this a stress because that's my system saying it's not right for me? Or is this a stress because I'm misinterpreting reality through my personal lie? Or do I just have a lot of stuff going on and I need to just take it down a notch? (laughs) It's so interesting. I haven't thought about this either until this conversation, but sometimes giving an umbrella term to something um, can make anything that that term is associated exacerbated. Because Mm -hmm. if we call all of those things the same thing, then we're like placing them all on the same level. And we're mm-hmm. experiencing the things that had, if we were to break them down into their actual categories, like really prioritize them in our minds, maybe those five individual categories that are causing stress in our life. And maybe it's category one and that category one really isn't that um that much of a negative impact on us, but because we're calling it stress at the same as everything else, we're feeling it at that max level as everything else. Mm. When I'm making that visual, does that, is that clicking in your mind of what I'm describing? 
yeah, I'm hearing you say like, um, you know, a kind of stress where you're having a stressful day, you kind of, um, if you're identifying that as stress, you're associating it with deeper stresses because you call all of them stress. And so then mm. it raises more red flags in your mind rather than you just being like, oh, I have whatever other word we would call it that is about feeling like a busy day. And we talk about this a lot yeah. about how much, how much we feel like words let us down 100%. and how, you know, the Eskimo have more words for snowflakes and snow. And so they are more able to accurately describe. I mean, it's the same with the word anxiety or depression, right? It gets- That's my exact thought. I knew you were thinking that. <laughs> That's because we've had that conversation before about anxiety and how people calling like an umbrella, they're umbrella terming all these different things as anxiety. And therefore it's placing them all with the same um, level of, ex- like the same level of pressure on us when it's mm-hmm. like, oh no, you know, maybe I just didn't drink water today and I feel mm-hmm. anxious, but because we don't have 10 different descriptions of that feeling, we're mm-hmm we're um assuming that oh I didn't drink enough water and I have this anxious feeling in my body is the same as I'm literally dealing with my grandpa in the hospital and he's like about to pass away like we're experiencing those two things at the same level so we almost need to like like what you were saying too in the beginning of when you're feeling overwhelmed like like there is sometimes like that that one thing that you can just take off your plate that makes everything else disperse into its actual level of impact on you Mm. same if we just kind of actually look at things in their separate categories instead of just saying I have anxiety I'm Mm -hmm. stressed I'm overwhelmed Mm -hmm. categorize things down and go okay well maybe I just didn't eat enough today or right you know those kind of things exactly and so words is a really important thing and you know even in the way that you would say anxiety I would I would interpret that differently based on my experience it's really interesting because um, a friend of mine was going through something today and I don't know if a lot of people know this but I'm trained in a modality called psyche which is um, a type of subconscious reprogramming and when you get deep enough into it you can do what's called surrogation which means you with with their permission you can go into their energy field and uh, reprogram their subconscious for them and it was so interesting. And this happens to me every time I do surrogation, which is not that often. But she said she felt anxious. And when I surrogated into her field, it was so, and it was so not through my brain that I realized this, like I felt this energetically. It's like, wow, her definition of anxiety is so different than mine. It's not one that I've ever felt before, which is how I know I'm not cross-referencing it from my own like viewpoint of life and I'm not imposing my own expectations on it it literally hit me with a whole different sense of anxiety and I was like oh I don't I wouldn't I was like searching for words to actually describe this anxiety with I was like is it a more I wouldn't quite say it's more angry I wouldn't quite say it's more frustrated like what is the word that I'm using for it to, to describe a different kind of anxiety that I feel because in contrast I and like you're kind of what you're saying is like I don't really run anxious as a as a default negative uh, emotion but if I drink coffee I feel anxious so that's a chemical anxiety right mm-hmm. and um there's probably as many anxieties as there are humans on the planet and so there's always a part of our reality that gets lost when we're trying to translate how we feel to other people oh. um interesting 
Yeah. And that's why it always does come back down to your own movie and how you're seeing life, because you really truly are the only person in your reality. We, we did a podcast about this recently about how as much as you try to include people and see things on the same page, like it's just physically impossible. And I do think that life designs it that way so that you can really realize that you are the creator of your reality, right? And so trying to get someone else to understand it, to validate it for you would take away the fact that we are here to become our own permission slip and our own validator. So as much as we can hear each other, we can see each other, we can feel each other, we can give each other empathy and compassion and whatever. At the end of the day, like no one is coming to validate you except for you. Um, but that psyche experience was really trippy because I was like, oh my gosh, this is not a feeling that I've ever felt before. And how interesting that our emotional mapping and our chemical mapping inside, we're just using words that kind of get us on the same page of understanding what it is, but no one's ever going to be, even if you, even if you have like 10 soulmates, you're the only person that's ever going to understand your inner world. Hmm. So then what, cause for me, when I get stressed, if we, if we're talking about, you know, actual examples in the umbrella term of stress, I like start to shut down. So like, I'll like get really exhausted. Cause so stress for me, cause of the way I'm designed is like overstimulation is typically mm-hmm. tied to overworking, oh, being um, around too many energies. And like, let's say like I'm out like at night and I'm just like getting, I'm picking up on so many people's stuff. I can feel what that feeling of what we identify as stress. And it's simply just, I've taken on too much energy. So Mm. is there anything practical you can think about that we can, when we are overwhelmed or stressed or anxious, what can we do to ground those feelings and like dissipate Mm. in areas where that where it's possible to dissipate is there anything that comes to mind for you well this is making me ask you then is it mental stress or is it physical stress meaning like okay if you work out for four hours you'd be physically stressing your body out there's a difference between doing that and working out for something that will be more sustainable to your system like 20 minutes but if you have negative fears or conditioning around working out it would be causing you mental stress because you'd be like, this is hard. I can't do it. I hate this. This is not fun for me or whatever. So I think the answer really is to understand that there's there's the stress that you're not conscious of always where your system can physically be under stressors, multiple stressors, right? And I think that is kind of what you're alluding to when you're saying like, you just need to, if you get overstimulated, like, and we know this, and we talk about this in um, the emptying out course on our website, we talk Mm -hmm. about this with how different energy types are supposed to, um, you know, use their energy properly. We know that we're both projectors. So we know that we overstimulate too easily. And then it takes us way longer to wind down you know that you're non-emotional and so you know that you pick up on too many people's emotions that's when you need to remove yourself or take five minutes in the bathroom so I do think knowing your energy type knowing how you take in physical stressors Mm. and outside energy really helps with the physical stuff and then I think with the mind stuff I think you have to it's interesting with thoughts because thoughts don't come to us as fully formed sentences so when we are trying to read our thoughts or read our energy what we're trying to do is put words to a thought that is like happened in a nanosecond that we read as 
energy, right? A thought is just an energy that we then have to translate. So you have to, if your system is saying to yourself, this is hard, you have to go, oh, hold on a second. I feel stressed. Why? What am I thinking about the situation? What thought is this creating in me that is a negative feeling thought that's then creating a negative feeling? It's almost like a loop, right? So you have to go, whoa, 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 whoa. When you feel that like all of a sudden thing, you have to go, why, what is it about that? What was the thought that I had that was almost like an instantaneous picture? If I had to put words to that, what would it say? And I'll give you like a simple example. You've heard me say this before about how the most commonly inevitable stressful part of my day is when I have to brush my teeth in the morning. And I never understood why, because I was never able to witness the change, right? In all of a sudden, why that brought my overall energy down until I started realizing like, oh, this is something where my energy changes every single day when I start to brush my teeth. And I had to sit with it and kind of realize like, oh, it's because it reminds me of having to wake up super early for school and having to have a routine and having to, you know, not honor my direct light and be able to sleep in indirect light and not being able to sleep in or whatever reasons you want to ascribe to it. Even if you knew nothing about human design, I didn't like having to wake up. I didn't like having to brush my teeth. I didn't like having to be somewhere at a certain time. And I swear to you, the noise of the running tap water brings me right back to the feeling that I had of when I had to get up and get ready for school. And so... But you can't, this is, this is, for me, this is 90% of the work. When we talk about reading your own energy, even if you're not initially able to trace back to the why, because that's just like a fun thing, right? Helps you understand your, your internal compass. But even if you just know like, oh, when my, when I brush my teeth, I, my energy goes down, right? Something mm. as simple and as banal as that. Like I think sometimes in the spiritual world, we like to talk about like when you're changing job and it doesn't feel good, but that's more easy to spot. A lot of the times our like little daily changes is like over stuff that's so common and so nuanced and so hidden. And you can do so much based on that because already if I'm improving my morning, then my rest of my day has a better chance. I'm stacking good moment on top of a good moment. So what I do now, is I found this one toothpaste that I absolutely love the taste of, okay? It's not natural. It's not any of those things. But because it net makes me more excited to taste the toothpaste and I turn the tap off when I brush my teeth, I'm able to change the thoughts that I have around brushing my teeth. And it's almost like being an inner parent and saying, okay, we're going to make this fun for you, you know, and do you like that better now? And is that there, there, there you go, you know? And I think that's what being a, a good inner parent to yourself is, but also being a good manager of how you respond to things is that sometimes, yes, you can tell yourself the truth of like, it's really not that bad, but sometimes you need to say, actually, I'm not quite there yet because I'm still having this like thought response to something where I need to make it easier. So I'll give you another example. My friend who hates working out, she's not going to be all of a sudden expecting herself to love it tomorrow, but she is going to say, okay, well, you know what? I'll just go for walks with friends and it won't even feel like exercise. And when I start to feel like I've, and this is just exactly what works for her. So this is not right or wrong, but she's like, when I feel like I've lost more weight, then I'll feel more comfortable working out. 
Now, you might disagree with that logic, you might whatever, but that's true for her for right now. So she has to work with what her current belief system is. Sometimes you need the reframe, the mental reframe and the aha. And sometimes you need to just like hold your hand until you're ready for the aha, right? So she's like, I'm going to go on walks with people. I'm going to walk my son to school and back. So it doesn't even feel like a workout. And when I've lost more weight, then I'll start to explore the working out. And that is perfect. Because she's, she's working with where she's at. And she's released the stress around that particular area. It's it's funny because we'll, often when we're super overwhelmed or we're anxious and we're stressed, it's because there's a lot of these, you know, moments like getting irritated about brushing your teeth stacked on top of, I don't enjoy working out, stacked on top of cooking doesn't make me happy, stacked mm-hmm. on top of all the other actual like big stressors, like my grandpa is, or like my dad is, you know, in the hospital. Like those are like Mm -hmm. major things that we're not necessarily talking about at the moment. Mm -hmm. But um, if you can look at these like smaller areas and kind of remove those from the stack, it does make the bigger things a lot easier to handle. And I think answering the question of like, what does stress look like and how do we do it? I think that is actually our process. Now, as you're saying it, we day to day, I try to like look at those areas and dissipate the stress or unnecessary pressure I'm putting on those small things like brushing your teeth. Like I'll give another example for me that completely transformed my relationship. Okay. Hmm. I have this story that, you know, growing up, like, I'm like, not going to let a man control me. And I'm not going to be like a housewife that's like in charge of taking care of a house. That's like a really strong, like trigger point for me of I refuse to be in that put in that position. So my husband, love him to death, is not the cleanest person on the planet. Okay. He's just kind of a second child. I'm learning maybe they just look a little bit messy. Like he just (laughs) doesn't, he doesn't see crumbs on the counter. Like it's just, it's invisible to him. And when crumbs would get left on the counter or, um, you know, a cup from the night before, that's like a to-go cup got left on the coffee table. And I wake up in the morning and I work from home and I see those. My immediate thought is he's expecting me to take care of the house and I'm the homemaker. And like, it would throw me into this spiral of like, I'm not going to let a man control me and I'm not going to take care of a man. And there was like this huge stress. But then I had to slowly peel myself back and go, Taylor, like, crumbs on the counter does not mean a man is trying to control you and like put it in its place like put these experiences and the things that you're dealing with actually in their place and go and I would get so frustrated and mad at him and then when I took a step back and I actually had a conversation was like hey when you do this it actually makes me feel like this like I know it feels crazy to you because How could anybody feel that strongly about something? But I'm telling you, it feels like deep, deep, deep disrespect to me. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to sort of like dissipate the energy around that. And now when there's a crumb, I'm like, you know what? This doesn't mean that my husband's trying to control me. It means we went to bed late and he didn't see it because it was dark, you know? Mm. So like dissipating those un, those like, not that they're silly, but that them in comparison to these other like huge stressors, if we can manage these ones and put them in their place, it makes the other stuff less overwhelming and less stressful. A hundred percent because your background frequency is better. And so you're able to show up with 
um, you know, a better version of you. And also you just, like I said, it's like an, it's a, it's a limit, like where the cup, the second the cup spills over, that's when you're kind of done. And that's when you flip your shit or that's when you, you know, get overwhelmed or run down or break down or whatever it is. And so if you can just take away the ones that just are lower lift, it's just very mathematically sound (laughs) to do that. But it's also funny because like, you know, the way that you would deal with that will be different than the way that someone would deal with that exact same uh, interpretation of of what you go through because sometimes it would be, it would just have to be the conversation. Sometimes it would be like, I really need your help with this because it's too much. Like we're not, we're saying to you, like prescribe it to yourself, you know? And so for example, with me, like one of the things I really have, especially being a 2-4, um, you know, when you have a two four in your profile in human design, you very easily can um, have this lie that anyone who wants something from you or is messaging you, even when someone messages me when I'm in the middle of a workout, it automatically goes, you know, like they're disturbing me. Like it just feels like I'm being ruffled, you know, and I definitely didn't get there overnight and I still feel that. But when I feel that now, I like literally laugh at myself. I'm like, oh, Jen, say you go again, thinking the whole world trying to disturb you. Like, and it's genuinely funny to me now, but it took me so many steps of like, first it was like, can you see, try and see how this person is obviously not knowing that you're in the middle of something because they just sent you a message. They're probably fine if you don't respond straight away. They're just sending it when it's top of their mind. So you have to get yourself there whichever way feels the most easy. And just because you got yourself there with one tool on one thing, maybe on the next personal lie or the next trigger, it will be a different kind of tool, Um, which is why there is no rule book for life. There's just a selection of tools. And we just love exploring all the different tools in the toolbox because then it's like, you will always know which one feels good when you try it on for size. It will tell you, your energy will tell you, your response to it will tell you. Um, And so none of what we're saying is like, do what we did to get over it. But, you know, also what's amazing is sharing your personal lives with other people, right? So if I... Um, if you tell me that that means someone's expecting you to be a housewife and I could be like, Taylor, are you crazy? Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Have you met your husband? Yeah. And it's almost like you out your personal lies. You drag them into the light and you see how not everyone agrees with them. And that can be really healing. Right. Honestly, it's helped so much talking about them with you. And like, that's what they do say, like speak up about stuff. It really does help to like get it out of your head and like into words or like just like in front of you because me even, I mean, we've talked a little bit on other episodes about one of my personal lives is that I'm annoying. And if I like, Mm. because when I was little, I just like wouldn't stop talking and blah, blah, blah. And when I had that conversation with you and you were like, Taylor, like, what are you talking about? People don't see you that way. It's actually helped me so much because now when it comes up, I'm like, it, I can try to look at, at it through maybe like your perspective where, oh, okay, Jenna would see that this isn't true. Mm-hmm. But even though it feels super true to me, like from the mm-hmm. outside, I, I know it's not true. So it just helps it not be as ooh, like sticky in you. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because even when you hear other people be so convinced of their lie, it gives you the opportunity to see that maybe your lie that feels so real to you isn't real either. Because mm-hmm. I can look at yours and goes, you know, it's so ridiculous. And then I'm like, oh, well, maybe my light is ridiculous to other people too. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm telling you, it is. <laughs> it's crazy. Another another good um 
just as obviously it is human design and it does help to kind of like look at sometimes the shadow sides of the things that are in our chart. When you're talking about you feel disturbed sometimes when people are asking you things, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm like maybe tying this to not, not necessarily something that's true, but as a three, five, I'm kind of meant to be a little bit more, you know, spread my gifts around to like a lot of people. And so sometimes when I'm getting asked for too much depth from a relationship, like this is kind of like radical to say, but like Mm -hmm. when I'm getting asked for too much depth from a relationship that I don't feel like I can provide that level of depth, like it irritates me so much. It's like, I can literally shove a friend away because it's like, I don't have the capacity for that much depth with too many people because- And that's kind of, again, a little bit of a radical thing to say that like, oh, three fives aren't meant to have depth in relationships. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But like, I genuinely, when I ask myself the truth about what feels good to me, it doesn't feel good to have that much depth in a lot of places. I have like three or four people that I give my deep depth to, and then I'm happy to have lighter, like I could have an unlimited amount of lighter relationships. And I've had to really accept that about myself Mm. and be like, that's totally okay. Because it used to trip me up. Like I'm supposed to give depth to everybody. And it's Mm. like, no. So even that lie would cause stress on me thinking I wasn't a good friend because I would keep trying to give more depth. So it's again, back to the truth of who you are is always going to feel the best and what people actually want from you. Absolutely. And I love that you said this because I think that, you know, so many of these things are why we think they're bad is because of the conditioning of the world. Like a good relationship has to be super deep or a loving relationship has to be super deep. And actually when you compare the four profile and the five profile, like if you think about everybody has a finite amount to give we all have a battery right we all have a certain capacity of course we are not even coming close to the limits of that but when you come when it comes to that like the fours are supposed to go deep not broad and the fives are supposed to go broad not deep and there's a really amazing um line in one of the human design books or i think it was who the founder of human design he had a he had a very straight up straight talking not kind of he just didn't mince his words and he would say like listen people with a five in their profile are supposed to love and you know just everybody equally you know so it's not about them having you know being closer to their monogamous partner than they could easily be feeling as close when they've had a conversation with someone in the grocery store or whatever you know they they have this like universal love about them and the fours who are supposed to be more selective it's like you can't have everything you can't be everything you can only you can't give a hundred percent to a hundred percent of people right so it has to either go broad or deep or a combination somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. but it's so amazing to know that about yourself because then if you're a four for example it's like well you're too choosy you know there's a negative voice that can come out to any way that you inherently are if you listen to the voices of the outside world too much and I don't even want to say the outside world because a lot of the times it's our internalized voice version of the outside world yeah. It's funny yeah. you say four because four too could be like, I don't have enough friends. Look at mm-hmm. all these fives that are just friends with everybody. And mm-hmm. we're definitely going to steer this conversation in a new direction right now. So yeah. if <laughs> the topic was about overwhelming stress, we're going in a different direction because I've been wanting to talk to you about this because uh, 
I have been thinking on this of like, yeah, I feel as a five, I am better off not giving depth to a lot of people, but they, I doesn't mean I don't have these deep relationships. Mm-hmm. And I have a question for you because all of my deep, deep relationships are glued together by fours. It's almost to me like these fours have like adopted me and like the other fives in our friend group. And the fours really are like, in my group of friends, the people, when I look around, they're the people grounding the the strong friendship between my, you know, I think there's like 10 of us, which is crazy that I feel very lucky to have that, but it's the mm. fours that are grounding us fives and us five are all kind of like spinning around, boop, 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 like dancing around with other people. But then we always come back to our fours. Um, yeah. Is that a dynamic that is obvious to you? Because I've learned there are things that are just obvious to you that all of a sudden will click for me. So is that something that is obvious to you of, yeah, that's how it works? Yes, because of the main principle that what we are is what we then, if we embody it, we then end up giving it to other people around us. And that's where they benefit from us. Right. So it's when you not say your us, job. You mean a four, right? Or to whatever the other, like whatever other people okay. are in your life are right like if you're the person who has um sun personality gift 39 i know that's not yours but it's you become the you um enjoy the fruits what's the what's the expression i don't know you the enjoy fruits the fruits of, of of other people's labor or fruits of your the labor. fruits become the sport i don't know what it's called but you you just enjoy what kind of comes out of that person because that's what they bring mm. to the table right so it's not necessarily that you become that way, but you enjoy, you are the receiver of the fact that they're there making deep connections. They're there holding the connection in, like whatever yeah. it is. And so in the same way, um, you know, with you, with your experimentation from your three, because I am in your life, I enjoy and get to be the recipient of the things that have come out of your experimentation, experimental process, right? And so- it's not even necessarily that you're giving it to someone. It's just that when someone works that way and that's their mode, you interact with that at the place that it, that it is. Oh my gosh. That's another beautiful example. We couldn't possibly all be the same. Like it just would be impossible. Imagine if everyone was a five like you, right. And fives have this need to save the day. Right. And that's also where the guilt of like trying to be everything to everyone is because that's a very typical five thing. But then we wouldn't have people being sixes and people being fours. And we need the balance of all three because, um, you know, something about the profile lines is that there's one, two, three, four, five, six, and they all build upon each other and they're all archetypes. And so we need the proper spread of all of us so that humanity as a whole can get to its fulfillment of its consciousness. You need the people laying the foundations. You need the people who wants to have the foundations are really good at it. Then you need the people who are like, okay, well, when they're really good at it, let's play an experiment. And then you need the fours who are like, okay, well, let's get this out to our network. And then you're like the fives. It's like, no, 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 let's get this to everybody. And then you're the six. And the six is like, I need to just be the example of this. Forget about getting it out to people. I need to live this myself and bring everybody the ones, two, threes, four, five, sixes up and be that example to it. So without, if you take one piece out, the whole structure falls. Oh, it's so mad. And if you're listening to this and you're like, what the freaking frick are they (laughs) talking about? We're talking about in the app or in the book, when you look up your profile, your profile will be made up of two numbers. um, And it's either one, two, three, four, five, or six, and any combination of those um, numbers 
that's what she's referring to. So if you're like, oh, five, four, what are you talking about? If you have a four in your profile, <laughs> you're like the deeper friendships and your people five, you're meant to be a little bit more um, universal. But I want to actually explain this example because one of the responses I get a lot from people we get in the DMs is like they love these in real life examples of how things iterate. So another really interesting way that our two profiles interact is what you just pointed out, where you are the beneficiary of my experimentation. So because I'm a three and you're a two, you will tell me things that are just they're so obvious to you. Like they just, you just know these things. They're just living somewhere in you. It's not like you went and, you know, experienced all these things in your lifetime. And now they're, you're passing them on to people. It's like, they've been sitting in their dormant and like now you've had an avenue to get them out to the world. So we'll have conversations where you'll say things to me and I'll be like, huh. And then I like go out into my life because I'm a three and I actually see them playing out in real life, in my life, in other, in the people's lives around me. And I'll come back to Jenna and go, that thing you said to me a year ago, and I'll share the example and be like, here's how it clicked for me. And then sometimes even when I share that, it makes it click for you even more. And then yeah. it pulls out the next layer of that thing out of you. And then you'll say it in a different way and I'll go, oh, and then I'll go play with that. And then I come back and I'm like, look what I figured out. And you're like, oh, interesting. And then it builds the next layer. So both, if, if I felt not as cool or smart as you, because I wish I had everything in me. And if you felt like you had to go out and actually live out things, it would, it wouldn't create this perfect synergy between the way we learn. A hundred percent. Together. Yes. And that's the thing is that if you, if we all got to a place and it's a work in progress, because there's always more layers, but if the more we were perfectly okay with our lot and understanding that our lot is perfect anyone else that you interact with who's on that same flex for want of a better word it creates this natural positive upward cycle where your gifts fit so perfectly together just in the same way that they say like relationships okay if you have your own relationship stuff whoever you're with that's going to trigger your relationship stuff right like it's the same thing with the positive expression of that like when you are just like focusing on the things that you can bring to the table that you can cultivate in yourself put anyone else into that equation and it's feeding you and everyone in the involved is going upwards right like if if two people are on that same understanding of life and again like it's so nuanced but the magic that can unfold is unreal and you know what's so funny is that my sister is a three five Mm -hmm. and so and I'm a projector she's a manifester right so she doesn't always you know she wants to just go and trailblaze her own stuff and me as a projector was always trying to tell her what to do as a kid and you know I still sometimes get frustrated with her when I'm like but Sophia I told you you'd like this three years ago and she's like yeah but I had to wait until I felt an urge to do it and then she's like and I had to try it out see if I liked it I'm just gonna swallow it whole you know and so even those kind of conversations is like learning each other you know and understanding the nuances of like okay well I obviously want to just tell her what to do because I just feel like she should just get there but actually no she she needs to for it to be fully integrated anyway she can she can copy paste everything I say and it's not going to give her anything right 
So she has to try stuff on. And now she's become a joke. I'm like, I had to tell you about Amazon, you know, using Amazon for like four years before you tried it. (laughs) (laughs) Or I had to tell you to read Harry Potter for like years and years. And now she's like, you know, read more of read it more times than I could ever in my life, you know. But the three five needs to not have the manual handed to them because they need to play with life and they need to like roll in the mud and mm-hmm. if you don't have that it's not something you'll ever understand but coming back to what we said earlier you don't need to understand you can't ever understand another human being but you can try to see uh, what you were saying earlier is like you can try to feel how they feel even if the the um, the initial trigger or cause might be different is like we all know what it is to feel overwhelmed we all know what it is to feel happy we all know what it is to feel in charge of our life we all know you know so trying to relate to the feelings that it's creating rather than judging you based on how you're reacting to something that I wouldn't react to that's really the key and that's really I think that's the deepest level of compassion is not looking at the actual facts, but looking at the response that it's creating in another human and trying to see how you, trying to find the reason or the way, the situation that causes you to feel exactly the same way. And then that opens up your heart and goes, oh my gosh, like I so get it, you know? Right. Um, Before we jumped on, you said there was a couple things that you wanted to talk about. Is there anything else that was on the top top of your mind that you wanted to talk about? Do you know what's so funny is that weirdly, even though I thought there was all such random unrelated things, they've all ended up being covered. So stop, Jenna. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we've just gone all over the shop, but it's all it's all been stuff that I've that has been really top of mind. So I mean, top of mind for me, too. So. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's really strange. We really, I think more and more as it comes to 2024, and we'll discuss this more in um, for the app subscribers, we have this long form audio on what to expect for 2024 coming uh, Thanksgiving week. But we really more and more are becoming this same field of consciousness where everyone is more thinking and feeling and going through more similar things at the similar times. And so I think it's not an accident that the things we're really feeling are things that, you know, everyone else I speak to is kind of feeling similar or going through different themes or unpacking stuff at the same time. And so, you know, if you are listening to this and going, oh, my God, that's me. Oh, my God, that's me. Like, it's definitely not by accident that you're hearing these things when you need to, because for the reality of your own movie, you do call stuff in when you need to. But also because we are really um becoming more one you know and we're swimming in a field of consciousness if if the separation between you and me is not so real because matter is not so real anymore then of course there's more porousness between our thoughts and feelings which is why it makes it even more important to practice that compassion and that and that understanding for other people because it will actually also help you understand it for yourself because it's all the one and the same 